0: Welcome, everyone, to the latest episode of Renew the Republic. I am Eric Solomon. So we now know today that the attack in San Bernardino, California, was a terrorist attack. The FBI director and assistant director in charge um, locally there confirmed that today. Uh, apparently, the, the suspect's wife um, was radicalized, swore allegiance to the Islamic State, posted so on Facebook, tried to delete that post, um, but the feds have recovered that. Um, they built pipe bom- pipe bombs in their garage. Several neighbors had saw suspicious activity, but they were afraid to report it um, in fear of being called racist. And we now know that this is the worst terrorist attack since uh, September 11th, 2001. But where was the president today? Um, I didn't see him. I don't think anybody else saw him. Um, We had an act of terror, an attack on our country being announced to the public by the director of the FBI. Um, To me, this makes the president a coward. He's hiding behind the FBI, he's hiding behind his press secretary, and he's hiding behind the mainstream media. They're all doing the dirty work for him. He does not have the courage to come out to the American people and say that, yes, we have suffered a terrorist attack under my administration, this is a national tragedy. He doesn't have the courage to say that because he knows he's partly responsible for it. He's partly responsible because he flat out refuses to acknowledge that our enemy is radical Islamic terrorism. The president thinks that climate change is our greatest threat, and so do certain people running for president. Climate change is not our greatest threat, as we've seen this week. Um, climate change does not cause terrorism, as the president and Bernie Sanders would like us to believe. These people are so out of touch with the real world. The president last year says that ISIS is a JV team. Last month he said that ISIS is contained. He said that ISIS is not Islamic. We can all no talk about this enemy. As if it only exists on the other side of the Atlantic. ISIS is in America. There are currently 900 active ISIS investigations as reported by NPR, including 71 indictments. Um, they use social media to communicate, to plan, to organize. These people are in our country. They're in all 50 states. They may be some of your neighbors. I know that's a scary thing to think about, but they, that, that could be. There could be people in your neighborhood who are sympathizing with ISIS who are joining ISIS groups, who are communicating with other people around the world who have these same views. And it, it, it's scary to think about, but those are the times we live in. Those are the those are the things that we have to think about now as a nation. Um, Loretta Lynch today, the Attorney General, said that she's going to investigate and prosecute cases of hate speech against Muslims. Th- th- this is where the priorities of, of the administration are. They're not concerned with defeating ISIS. They're not concerned with concerned with defeating terrorism at all, whether it be in the form of ISIS or Al-Qaeda or Boko Haram or other organizations, Hamas, Hezbollah, Iranian Mullahs. um, They're not concerned with it at all. They're concerned with the political correctness. They're concerned with not offending one, anyone. They, They refuse to name the enemy. This is not the way you secure America. You don't secure America by refusing to acknowledge who at least were under attack by and the sad part about this, and I don't really think it's sad, it's actually scary, is that these are not the views of some small minority in our country. These are the official views of the United States government. We have public officials, elected officials, the president of the United States believes this. He doesn't believe that radical Islamic terrorism is our number one threat. He doesn't believe that terrorism in general is a problem. He says that they're contained. He, he, he downplays them. These aren't These are the official views of the government. They're the official views of the Democrat Party. They're the official views of the entire left wing of our nation. It's not just a small minority, like I said, that believes this. This is the scary part, is that the media, the public officials, the Democrat Party, they've all brainwashed basically half this nation into believing that we're under attack by climate change. Climate change did not kill 14 people in San Bernardino, California. Climate change did not kill 125 plus people in Paris. Climate change did not kill... Did not behead people. Climate change is not ransacking villages, raping women and children, burning down homes. ISIS, uh, climate change is not doing this. ISIS is doing this. Boko Haram is doing this. Terrorism is doing this. Terrorists are doing this. And whenever America does come under attack, it's it's a parade of gun control freaks who come out in the media and in our government. They, they, they come out of the woodworks so all of a sudden. Every time we're attacked, it's the gun control issue. The purpose of the Second Amendment, um, as I had to explain earlier today, the stated purpose, the purpose of the Second Amendment, is simply to provide for the security of a free state. It's not to arm a militia. It's not any other purpose. It's not hunting. The purpose of the Second Amendment is to provide for the security of a free state. But free from what? Tyranny, abuse, people from the outside. We, as individuals... Have the right and the responsibility to protect ourselves and our family, our homes, and our property. We do not need to rely on the government to do that. We don't need to rely on the police. We don't need to rely on the military. We don't need to rely on anybody else but ourselves to provide for our own protection. Gun control does nothing to stop violence. Uh, California has some of the toughest gun control laws in the nation, including a ban on assault weapons and magazines with 10 or more rounds, both of which were used in this attack. So... The, the, the gun control um, measures that these people push, every time we have an attack, they push the same things. And every time we have to go through this and say these things, these measures will not do anything to prevent more gun violence. They simply do not do it. They don't address the issues. The issues are with the individual. As I explained now multiple times, groups of people are not responsible for the actions of an individual. The president is so quick to say, we can't blame all Muslims for the acts of the extremists. But he doesn't give that same he doesn't give that same courtesy to the American gun owners. There are over 200 million gun owners in this country. If we were all violent, you would know it, but we're not. Responsibility for crime is falls upon the individual who committed the crime. It doesn't fall upon anybody else. Um they they do more they want to do more to disarm Americans than they do those who want to eradicate our nation. They're more concerned with what's in the hands of law-abiding citizens than they are concerned with, say, what's in the hands of Iranian mullahs in a, you know with nuclear weapons. That's they're 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 more concerned. President Obama gets so animated when he talks about gun control. He gets so animated when he talks about how we're we're so obsessed with guns. We need these common sense reforms. We can't do nothing. But when it comes to actually there are real enemies, the people who have actually stated publicly that they would like to defeat us and destroy us, he's, he's, very, he's very calm. You know, no, 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 These people are our friends. They're our allies. We can trust them not to worry. We have their signature on a, on a piece of paper. Everything's cool. Is this backwards? Does this seem backwards to anybody else besides me? Do we not need to defend the Constitution every word of it? Is that not the president's responsibility? to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. And that means every word, even the ones he may disagree with. He has a responsibility to uphold his oath of office and defend the Constitution. He needs to defend the original Constitution. He needs to defend the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Third Amendment, the Fourth Amendment, so on and so forth. Um, and he doesn't do that. You know, Obviously, we know that, that freedom of religion is under attack by this president. Freedom of speech is under attack. The right to bear arms is under attack. The Fourth Amendment's under attack. The Ninth and Tenth Amendments are under attack. The Fourteenth Amendment has been perverted so many times over, it's hard to keep track of how many times that amendment has been used to justify something that it had no intention of doing. And it must be it must be a tough position that our military has. I was thinking about this today. Our, our military members, when they enlist, they take an oath. I'm going to read it for you. It says, I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic, that I will bear fair, true faith and allegiance to the same, and that I will obey the orders of the President of the United States and the orders of the officers appointed over me according to the regulations and the Uniform Code, uniform code of Military Justice, so help me God. So what are, the, what are these fine men and women to do? These, these privates, these sergeants, these colonels, these generals, all of them, what are they to do when the enemy of the Constitution is the president? Their oath says they have to protect the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. But it also says that that they have to obey the orders of the president. So what are they to do when the enemy of the Constitution is the president? I don't know that as much as I am patriotic and as much as I would do anything to defend this country... Serving under this president must must be a difficult task for our for our president or for our military. It has to be because they're being handicapped, they have their hands tied behind their back, he refuses to unleash the full might of the military and ladies and gentlemen, we have the greatest military in the history of the world, and they can defeat any enemy if given the opportunity. But our president has not given these people the opportunity to do their jobs to defeat our enemies. To defend freedom, because quite frankly, I kind of question if that's what he wants. Does he want freedom defended? Does he want American values defended? Does he want our way of life defended? Does he want our Constitution defended? I question it. I question it because I haven't seen I haven't seen the action certainly. And we hear we hear this word all the time thrown out by by public officials. We heard it today from Loretta Lynch. Rhetoric. His rhetoric suggests that he doesn't want our rights defended. His rhetoric suggests that he wants. To, to, to limit the freedoms of Americans, to, 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 to limit their Second Amendment rights, to, to limit their right to practice their religion, to limit their right against unreasonable searches and seizures, to limit the, the right of the states to, to have certain powers not granted to the federal government. So I, I, I don't see in this president where he's committed to America. I see where he's committed to everybody else. I see where he's committed to not offending anyone. I see where he's committed to Iran and their pursuit of nuclearization. I see where he's considered, uh, where he's dedicated to, to the Palestinian cause. He's not dedicated to the, to the Israeli cause, which is the American cause. I don't, I don't see it in this president. I, I don't see his love for this country. And, and ladies and gentlemen, if we're gonna, if we're gonna, if if we're gonna defeat ourselves, if if we're truly gonna to to crumble as a civilization, it's gonna be because we 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 killed ourselves from the inside out because we're going to dig ourselves in such a hole we're going to we're going to lay down our guards so far that we become vulnerable and we're going to destroy ourselves it's going to be it's not because our enemies were too strong it's going to be because we were too weak because our leaders were too weak and they were unwilling to do what was necessary to defend us um and as a final note um this is on the lighter side of the news um as 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 Strange, and as um, unnerving as it was, the 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 actions by an MSNBC reporter today in San Bernardino, California. You no, know, the the FBI <laughs> finished up their their investigation in the house that the two suspects and the female suspect's mother were living in, and the FBI was done. They handed it back over to the landlord, and the landlord opens it up to the media. Opens up the house. Let's let CNN in. Let's MSNBC in. Let's let's a many many news outlets in. So I'm not going to blame it all on MSNBC, but MSNBC did do one thing that none of them other did. This reporter goes in. It looks like a bedroom. Goes on the bed, and there's a bunch of like ID cards laying on the bed, and he picks one up, and it's the the mother's driver's license, and he holds it up to the camera for the entire world to see. Her name her address, her date of birth, her her license number, her picture. She holds this he holds this picture this this ID card up for the whole world to see. Is that not journalistic irresponsibility at at its finest? And then to top it all off, he holds up her social security card. Now, if this woman is a victim of identity theft, she should sue this reporter for every dollar that he's worth and MSNBC for every dollar that worth that they're worth, which isn't very many. Because is this the end of journalism? Do these people have no ethical responsibility at all? Journalism in this country has become a lost it's, it I consider it to be a profession like medicine and law. You are doing a service to the public and the public is entrusting you that you know what you're doing. Now, doctors and lawyers, they have... Um, licensing, and they have certification processes. You have to go to med school for a whole bunch of years. I could never do it. To become a doctor, you have to go to law school, study your ass off, pass the bar exam. You have to do all these things. But journalists, what, what's the qualification for becoming a journalist? You are doing a public service. You are responsible for for being the eyes and ears of the American people when we can't be everywhere. You know, we. Your job is to, to 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 report what's going on when we're at our jobs, to go around the world and collect this information and report it back to we honestly, it seems to be a lost art because no one in the field of journalism has any kind of ethical uh, compass anymore. It, it it's just strange to me. I thought that was, I thought it was it, it was funny because the way it happened and and social media blew up. I was following the Twitter and it was like even CNN was like, "What the heck just happened? That really just happened? Did a reporter really just do that?" Um, yes, they did. Um, yes, it was MSNBC. The, the bastion of, um, you know, political thought and of intellectual, you know, theory and intellectual thinking is as MSNBC. Um, of course, I say that in jest. But, um, you know, Ted Cruz was right at the, at the I guess it was the second, not the last debate, but the one before it. Um, this is why we don't trust the media because they have no there there is no check on the media. They they can say whatever the hell they want. They can do whatever the heck they want and there's no repercussions. They report these falsehoods. They report all these falsehoods. They come out they're so quick to jump on every single news story. They did this in Planned Parenthood. They did this in San Bernardino. They're so quick to pass judgment. They're so quick to analyze the situation when we don't even know anything. Law enforcement hasn't even come out and said anything and you got these headlines up there. I I forget which news outlet it was. Um, I believe it was the LA Times, but I could be wrong. Right after San Bernardino, right after the whole thing started, they put out a tweet and said, the Planned Parenthood that's nearby is safe. Like, who would, of all, of all the businesses that surround this office complex where this, where this terrible tragedy took place, I'm sure there are dozens, if not hundreds. They, they pick the one, Planned Parenthood, of course, because of the, the political aspect. But th- there, there, is no, there is no moral compass in the field of journalism anymore. Um, I'm going to leave it at that today because if, if I keep going, um, I don't know that I'll ever stop. Um, thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with the next episode. Renew the Republic is recorded using Audacity, and the podcast feed is hosted by SoundCloud.com. The music provided by Corey Gray. Thank you for listening. God bless America.